Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Angus. And my name is Dan. And we're back for the Game Week 3 review. As you can probably tell, particularly if you're watching the video, uh, Jamie's not with us this week. Uh, he, he's not able to make this one. Uh, he'll hopefully be back with us next week. Um, but yeah, we're here to review Game Week 3. Um, a much more condensed game week it felt like, even though it was just one day fewer, which I, I think uh, feels quite nice at this point, knowing on Sunday night what your score is and everything. Um, but heading into a midweek game week. Uh, Dan, how are you? Yeah, doing well, Angus. Um, middle of the road game week for me, but um quite happy with it. I've got a green arrow, so that's the main thing. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll do sort of the normal thing this week. We're going to go through our teams. Uh, we'll go through all the games, uh, sort of discussing what happened, and we will answer your questions. Uh, so in terms of the game week review, I will go first. Um, I had a very good week. Um, after a, a bad week last week, I had, I had a much better week this week. Um, I scored 86 minus 4. Um, the keys there, Fisher, Chair, and Vyman all in double figures, Obafemi 9, Jones and Bree 7, Jed Wallace's vice-captain 6, and then very little from uh, Giles, Aarons, Swift, and Adebayo. Um, I took a minus 4 this week, um, having rolled, and uh, the weird thing is I had a good week, but my uh, my players I took a hit for didn't do anything, so I brought in um, well, I mean, Jeb Wallace got some bonus, but I brought in Ed, Aaron's Jed Wallace and Adebayo for uh, Giannoulis, O'Hare and Pookie. So obviously uh, the the headline thing that people wanted to comment on was the fact that I sold Pookie. Um, obviously now lots more people want to sell Pookie after he blanked again, but which we'll touch on later. But um, yeah, so it, it almost feels like an added bonus that those moves didn't really gain me much and yet I still had a, a good game week. So I'm up to, I think it's 558 now um, from about 2k. So um, yeah, I like my team again. I like Gaffer again. Um, as you can probably tell from how upbeat I am on the pod already. Um, Dan, how was the week for you? Yeah, so I got a uh, 64 um, the transfers, I did, I, had, I rolled the transfer game week one, so I had two frees. I did NDI and Tilt in for O'Hare and Kyoso. Uh, Tilt in play, so <laughs> that wasn't ideal. Um, Captain Vyman, uh, 22 points. Vice-Captain Pookie. Um, Fisher with the 15 uh, Jones with seven, Bree with seven, and pretty much just ones and twos everywhere else. So, yeah, I don't. There's nothing wrong with the team. Just players didn't score the, that this week. Um, so yeah, with the obviously I got Victor, and with the Coventry news, there might be a transfer there. Uh, Pookie's another question. Um, I got a lot of thinking. Whereas. Uh, I had the first few game weeks pretty uh, plain sailing with what I wanted to do. Pretty much worked out. 
I've got a couple of decisions to make before Tuesday. Yeah, it's an interesting one this week. And like you say, um, I think now we're reaching some interesting decision points, either for people who've been putting off making decisions on certain players or, you know, the likes of Pookie, where people are looking at it now, wanting to move away, where do I go, that sort of thing. So I think it, it does create an interesting situation um, with the Coventry situation as well, which I'm sure we'll touch on when we get to their game. Um, just to round off on this with the pod team, uh, we got um, 69 points this week. So we had Fisher in goal uh, with his 15. We had Jones and Bree and Chair. We had Ogbene, uh, Pookie captain, which was six. Piero vice captain for three. We also had Victor, Swift, Tymon and uh, Max Ahrens. And I'm just double checking. And yes, we uh, we won again on Thursday Night Wars. Uh, so we we had the blip last week. <laughs> we're back, we're back to winning ways. Uh, the pod team itself is up to 381st overall, so uh, not doing too badly there. Obviously, we've got Victor, which is an issue this week with the blank. But uh, we rolled though, didn't we? So we got two yeah. threes. So we've rolled into that. So uh, so yeah, it, we're we're decently set there, and uh, most importantly, another three points on the board. Um, but yeah, so we'll get into the games. And we are starting off with the Friday night game, Watford against Burnley. Uh, so, Dan, talk to us about this one. Yeah, so um got to watch the game. 1-0 uh, Watford. Um, lineup was pretty interesting. He, he went away from the three at the back. I think, I think we all saw that they got absolutely dominated against West Brom uh, in centre mid. So they went 4-2-3-1. Uh, Chowdhury and Gaspar came in for Dennis, who's, who's now left the club, and Cabaselli. Um Burnley, uh, new signing Benson, who impressed in the second half against Lewin, came in for Cork. And Rodriguez and Teller on the bench, uh, just adding more depth week on week, Burnley. Um not much happened in the first half until pretty much the last kick of the game uh, of the half, where um, Semmer got played in down the right, cut it back for cleverly, who put it bottom corner, um, and then it was then the the Josh Brownhill show for the second half, where he had so many chances, and I've been a bit unsure. Obviously, he scored against Lewin, but it was quite a long range shot. He didn't do too much. But he had, what, I think he had two shots that the keeper saved. He hit the bar. Um, should also mention that Kamara got sent off, so Watford were hanging on at the end. Um, Batman done two or three excellent saves. Um, but yeah, Brownhill stood out with the mile. I know we had a few people moaning about the bonus. Uh, his yellow card affected that massively. He went from which is sounds crazy. He went from top bonus to missing out. Um, so not ideal for Brownhill owners, but um, just definitely someone who's more and more on the watch list now. Like I think we've got to pay attention to him now. They've got through the Huddersfield, Luton and Watford game. I think they've got decent fixtures. So he's 
someone who could make an appearance in my team or teams in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's he's the main one. I mean, obviously, I think I think early on he was he was playing a little bit more withdrawn. He's obviously been playing essentially in a ten role, and he he seemed to play a little bit more withdrawn. And um, when they sort of shifted it around at half time, um, it freed him up to go forward a little bit more. I think bringing Jack Cork on next to next to Cullen um, gave them that little bit of extra freedom to push Brownhill forward again. Um and yeah, like you say, he was very good. Um unfortunate for Cleverly, um, after scoring his goal, which he took quite nicely that he had to go off at half time. Um you could see on the replay, um, I think quite a significant cut to his knee. Um Cullen accidentally caught him with his studs sliding in trying to block it. Um and so they took him off. Um it'd be interesting to see with them because obviously they've lost lost Dennis, they've just brought in Keenan Davis, he was there. On Friday night, I think they then confirmed him on the Saturday morning um, on loan, I think with an option to buy. Um, the system change was interesting. Uh, I'm I'm not sure whether they'll stick with it, but um, for now, it's certainly interesting. And I think you could see the difference already with Chowdhury in the team in, in the midfield. I mean, obviously, it's it's adding essentially another Premier League player into the team and um, it immediately made a difference. But I think with Watford, particularly with the uncertainty that will carry on around particularly Ishmael Assar, um, they're a bit difficult to go to. Um, I think we were talking about it on I think Friday night or about it's difficult to know who to go with. I mean, obviously, Kamara will be suspended for the, the next game, who would have been the one. But... Um, for those looking for him or who own him, the upside there is it's a one-game ban uh, because it was a last-man foul. So um, that's not too bad, but I think they're, they're still a little sort of... They take a little bit of working out. On the Burnley side, they lost the game, but I think there's not too much reason for them to panic. Um, on another day, they come away with a win quite easily. Um, I think Matson's still an option. I think I'd be a little bit worried about Connor Roberts at this point. Um, it's not that he's a bad option, but he seems to be hanging back a lot more and almost being used to free Matson up to go forward. Uh, so that would concern me a little bit if I was a Roberts owner. Um, Benson, I thought, looked bright, but I wouldn't be rushing to get him in yet. And then Brownhill is the main one, as we've discussed. Um, Six million looks... Uh, like a bargain at this point. Um, on another day, he comes away with a double-digit haul. Um, and as a non-owner, I felt quite fortunate after that one. Yeah. So uh, I'll happily take it. But yeah, Brownhill very much on the watch list at this point. Um, Matson is as well, to be fair. Um, when I was making my defensive changes, he was on the short list. But um Roberts is another one who's who my thoughts have clarified on for the moment. Um and I'm not going to be looking at him uh, until I see something different to be honest. Um we'll move on to the next game uh which was on Sunday. Uh we we should say we're recording Sunday night. Um it was Middlesbrough 2 Sheffield United 2. Dan talked to us about this one. Yeah, so um 
couple of changes to the lineup. McNair came in, uh, but he came in at centre mid because Crooks um, had an illness. Um, and Akpon and Four started up front. Uh, Hoppy was on the bench. So was Mowat, who they've loaned from West Brom. Um, and for Sheffield United, Sharp got his start. He started over Brewster. Um, quite a, a quick opening by Sheffield United. Berger scored from a Norwood assist. Um, good shot across goal. And then about five, ten minutes later, um, Middlesbrough worked the, the ball well. Uh, got Jones into the byline, squared it across and Akpon couldn't miss. Just we've seen this two or three times now already or, or attempted. Um that their wing backs they get in such good positions, they're putting it on a plate, so a high chance of assists. Um second half, uh Sharp went off. I'm not sure if it was an injury and Brewster came on and he made a difference. Um it was an own goal by Giles for Sheffield United to make it 2-1. Unfortunately, Gaffer, you don't get the assist for that because it was NDI who I, who I brought in. Um, just shanked it into his goal. I don't know what he was thinking, really. And then um, to make it 2-0, Akpon scored from a Lenihan head down from a set piece. Um, yeah, just two even sides, but Borough continually conceding quite a lot of goals at the minute is is a worry. Obviously, we've not just got Giles and Jones in our teams for defensive returns, but they're they're struggling at the minute. Um, Thing to note, especially for me, because Force was someone I was looking at, uh, at possibly bringing in, went off at 60 minutes. Um. Wilder's renowned for having loads of strikers and just changing them. And it's, it's just a bit of a disaster, which is a shame. Because with their, their creativity, if they had someone who was nailed on to start, they'd be a really good option. But, yeah, I don't know what you thought or your opinions of this game, Angus. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting, actually. I thought Chris Wilder, I think it probably helped that they'd actually got the draw. He was in sort of... You know, I think quite good spirits about it. I think he appreciated it was going to be a difficult game. Um, he was talking about what a good finish it was from Ryan Giles, which I quite liked. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think with Borough, it's difficult because they had this opening sort of stretch of three games. They were another one where it was going to be a tougher stretch with West Brom, uh, QPR and Sheffield United. Um it doesn't get sort of easy right away, but they were another one who had a three-game stretch at the start. Um, so you'd hope that that goals that those goals conceded will dry up a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not worried, for example, about owning both of them, Jones and Giles. They've both returned for me, uh, which helps. Um, and you know, it sort of sh- shows really. Um, in the first game, Jones returned, Giles didn't, aside from, I think, some bonus. In the second game, Giles returned, Jones didn't. This game, Jones has returned, Giles didn't. So it's almost literally, like, it won't carry on. But at the moment, you're if you've got both, you're, guar- you're almost guaranteed a return from at least one of them. 
Um, and, and also, um, what what more missed another sitter yeah. from a Giles, that, which is quite good because I only own Jones, so I, I thought he'd scored. So that's a little bit more like I'm getting. It's not going to be long before the double ups in my side. I think. But yeah, I think things to do at the minute. It's it's whether you go with a third at any point. There might be someone who establishes themselves as another option. Um, whether it's one of the defenders, whether it's someone like an Alex Mowat or a Matt Crooks, potentially. But the forwards, like you say, it's a bit tough at the moment because they just look like they're going to split minutes. Um, and they're still linked with bringing more forwards into the club. So um, I wouldn't be rushing to get them. Uh, on the Sheffield United side, I think uh, it sounded like they, they played pretty well in this one, which I think is important. Um, particularly as they're still missing a couple of players, um, you know, still integrating players into the setup as well with some of the new arrivals. Um, I think it will be interesting to see. We've talked about the different options. I mean, obviously, you know, the, in the attack, like Billy Sharp did start, um, you know. Berg got the goal very early and obviously he's had a good start in terms of the sort of getting into the season in terms of getting returns. Um, does he start dropping deeper as the likes of McAtee and Kadra start getting more minutes? What happens with the forward positions with, I mean, and Jai in there still, you know, playing well, but Sharp and then Brewster, Jefferson, McBurney was back on the bench. Um, so, you know, I think Njai is still the best one to go with. Um, I don't mind people going with Berger, although I'd be a little bit worried about the idea that he might drop into a deeper role. Um, This game wasn't the best advert for going with one of their defenders, but I still think it's a good idea. I think they're they're two teams that we're going to be looking at their assets and we're probably going to be looking at their, if you don't already have them, particularly with the Middlesbrough guys, but... We're going to be looking at their assets. They're, they're going to be good throughout the season. These are two teams that are probably going to be in and around the top six uh, come the end of the season, barring some dramatic change to what we're expecting. Um, and yeah, it's still early season and they're sort of finding their footing. But I also think it's something that the two sides probably won't be too disappointed to finish this game with a draw. Um you know, I mean, Borough, yes, it draws in two home games, but two of the tougher home games you're going to have in West Brom and uh, Sheffield United. And then obviously the disappointment in the QPR game. Um, but, you know, we're beginning to see, aside from the forwards, um, we haven't got the answer, unfortunately. The one thing we were hoping to get an answer on was if Paddy McNair would come back into the team on a regular basis and where that would be. Wilder has talked about him as in the right centre-back position, but has also talked about the diversity he offers in terms of where he can play. He comes in the team in midfield because of illness. We still don't really have an answer, um, annoyingly, but um, I'm not sure I'd be looking at him with some of that uncertainty. Um, I think, you know, Middlesbrough, it's probably the two wing-backs. Um, that, that you're primarily looking at at this point. Um, I think I know a couple of people who went with Matt Crooks. I think they're a bit unlucky with the illness um, that we didn't know about until the, after the team sheet had dropped. Um, you know, 
maybe I've seen a couple of people with Stefan. I don't love it, but if you're going to go with a more expensive keeper, I think he's not necessarily the worst idea, but he's not necessarily the best idea either. Um, Sheffield United, I think at this point you could go with one of the defenders. Um, probably still someone like Egan or Ahmed Hodzic. Um, he looks a real player at the back there. Um, and then further forward, and Jai is probably the main one. Like I say, Berger, I think, will still maintain a level of threat because he's a good player. And then at set pieces, he's also big. But um, And Jai would probably be the one I'd be looking at attack. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are, just to round off on the assets from each side. Yeah, pretty much what you said. Jones and Giles for Borough and I've gone NDI. I'm a bit worried about minutes, but... I don't know. I just thought he he could be a good option. If not, he'll be gone pretty quick. Yeah. I won't muck around. <laughs> I think you'll know if he's a good yes, option exactly. in, in a week or two. And like um, you say, you know, the own goal. If 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 we got assists for own goals in Gaffer, you'd have an assist from him as well, and that yeah. sort of thing. So I think it's it's a positive sign, but um, we'll see how that progresses. Uh, but the next game we've got is. Black was the other Sunday game. It was Blackburn 2, West Brom 1. Uh, so, Dan, talk to us about this one. Uh, yeah, so Blackburn had a young centre-back, Phillips, um, come into the side, Wharton was out, and West Brom were unchanged. Uh, there was some rumours that Grant might be injured, but he did start. And basically, Blackburn went 2-0 up, um, and Diaz and Gallagher each scoring and assisting each other. Um, both good finishes from quite long range out. Um, and Dean Garner scored um, a goal, but it took a massive deflection. Um, the interesting thing I found out was Blackburn are the lowest for XG. Uh, for lowest for the XG this season, and yet they're top of the table, so they're they're massively outperforming it, um, which is not ideal because Brereton Diaz was one of the players I was looking at, um, but we know he can outperform his XG at certain points. He did do it last year, so could still be a good option. Um, it's just an, another frustrating day for West Brom. They do create some. They did create two big chances here, just didn't take them really. And um, I think we've seen that Blackburn have been very good defensively so far. Um, Britain went off injured, but Pickering is someone who's definitely on the watch list. I think they've got the trickiest spell of games coming up. Um, you say that it's yeah, no, I Reading. Think it was when I was looking before you were looking this week, it was that yeah. they were going to have West Brom and Sheffield United the next four. It now looks much nicer, <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, so maybe defensively that that opens up an option. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about Blackburn yet, but I think they definitely have options there. Uh, West Brom, Wallace. You brought him in, he, he gets his bonus, then he? Yeah. he just sits, stays on the right, just pinging in crosses. <laughs> yeah, he I does mean, all game. <laughs> he, he got he got four points, and like that's where 
he hasn't returned in a defeat could have had more points, but he's still walked away with four. Like that that's yeah. the sort of thing we're talking about with him. Yeah. Um, um what do you think of Dean Garner? Because obviously he's he's looked quite lively. I think he's We've an le- interesting way in because he's that step cheaper. I mean, we've talked before about the Wallace at 10.5 versus Swift at 9.5. You then take that step down to Diangana. Um, my worry a little bit is if Callum Robinson sticks around, there's, you know, we then enter into that eight, that same rotation problem from last season oh, because no. that, that left-hand side, I don't see Wallace and Swift getting rotated much. So that left-hand side then becomes the spot to get, you know, we've already seen it this season. Matt Phillips starts, you know, Callum Robinson starts, that sort of thing. So that would be my one concern with him. But I think he's a decent option. I do do think he's a decent option. It looks like Grant's pretty safe now. DK's not there now. Yeah, DK two months out. So uh, Grant will definitely be the main man up front. Um, What's What's your view on Swift? Because he's got another silly booking. Yeah, I think that's that's the one concern with him. I do think, you know, the couple of chances, you know, he's still sort of in and around it. Um, so I don't hate him as an option still. Um, I do think now I'm on the double up. Um, I, I don't view that as a problem. But if I were to come off one, it would be swift. Um, yeah. You know, I got Jed Wallace in as a priority, and if I if I were to come off one now, it'd be Swift. But I wouldn't be sort of panicking about him yet. But it would be one that I would have an eye on as as an owner. It's something I have an eye on in terms of just yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to sort of let it drift, and then all of a sudden you you get to the point where he scored you like you know eleven points in six weeks or something. So, um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not too sort of concerned at this point. Um, I think I think this one was interesting though. Um, like you say, Brereton Diaz, Chilean superstar is back. Uh, <laughs> and some people have had him since the start. Some people have been picking him up. Um, I'm sure he'll come up in conversations later about Pookie, but I do think he's an option at this point. Um, yeah. we've mentioned Hedges, I think as well. Yeah. yeah. Brereton, Diaz, and Grant, the two of them, yeah, same price. I think they're both options. We mentioned Hedges on the last pod. I think he's a, he's still a good option there. Um, like you say, I think it's Shane Britton went off injured because I think him and Pickering were looking decent options. Um, it'll be interesting to see how long they can keep this sort of run going for, but um, the attacking return, they, they're going to need to sort of, you know, show a bit more to think that they're sustainable. Yeah, but the defense looks decent. Um, on the West Brom side, I wouldn't be too stressed if you've gone on one of the fullbacks. Um, but you might be a little bit concerned after this one. But but I think we mentioned it last time. You just think there's too many attack, much attacking talent. That I, I, yeah, I don't see how they're going to get bonus this year. No. Whereas last year they were the attacking talent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at Jed Wallace at half-time. He had three key passes, I think it was. He could have had two assists. Um, You know, he he was all over it. Um, Less so in the second half, but he was still a threat. And we know that he's going to just collect bonus. 
Swift. Um, Grant gets so many yeah. shots, but they don't go in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Dean Garner shots. looks like he could pick up bonus when he plays now as well. So I think that that would be the concern with the fullbacks. I think some of those attacking players definitely very much options. We talked about Grant. We've talked about Jed Wallace. Um, Swift probably or possibly uh, second or third choice option now if people are looking at their attacking assets. But I still think he's a decent option. Um, You know, I'm always wary of overreacting too much to one game. But yeah, yeah, that's the way I'd look at them at this point. Um, And uh, as we keep sort of saying with the whole sort of people looking to move away from Pookie, I do think shifting the funds to someone like Jed Wallace could be should be something that people what an option that people should be looking should be looking at very much. Um, but we'll move on to our next game. Speaking of Team Upuki, uh, it was Hull two Norwich one. Uh, Dan, talk to us about this one. Yeah, so Hull uh, changed formation to four two three one. No Seri Elder came in at left back. They moved Jones to centre mid. And uh, Syed Manish played winger where he had been playing wing-back. Um, Norwich, Hanley and Dow were in for Giannoudis and Gibson. Uh, Sorison obviously went to left-back. Um, and it was two goals for Espinan. Esp- <laughs> Whatever it is. I'm going to take that as a win. <laughs> um, the first one was just calamity. Oh, was that Aaron's, when Aaron's kicked it into uh, Omabama Deli? Yeah, kicked it into Omabama <laughs> Deli's face. And then uh, this is like the worst game for names. Why? I've just realised <laughs> that. And then, um, yeah, he couldn't miss. And then the second one, it, it was like a rebound. Yeah. Um, but strikers have got got to be there yeah. uh, Nunes then scored a great goal for Norwich he's actually doing well um yeah. with like key passes and shots so he I think he's seven five he's definitely some I know Norwich haven't looked great but he could be an option if they do start clicking and then uh they've brought Aaron Ramsey not the Welsh one and um he missed an open goal um, so we're going to get on to the Pookie thing now, Angus. You... Yeah, I was about to say, we're going to have to discuss him now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've you, got off. Yep. I can understand when we were t- discussing it um, in our chat, you, a main reason was you were far behind and you felt like you had like a couple of bad game weeks yeah. and you felt like you had to do something. And that was obviously a, a risk you were willing to take. He wasn't playing well. Whereas I had started quite well. And my front three, I had Vyman and, and Victor, although Victor looks a bit dodgy now with the, the cancelled games. It felt like I didn't have to take the risk of getting rid. But they're not looking great, whether it's because of Smith or because they're just not clicking right. He did have four shots on target, though, this game. So he, he is shooting. Um, but I'm very much aware of this was similar to last year for me when I moved on to Grant and Robinson and I just kept them. 
and I can see what's going to happen next week. Pookie will score a goal. So I'll be like, yeah, I'll keep him. And then he'll go three games without a goal. So I've got, it's now coming to the point where you have to make a decision because there are some strikers scoring really well. Byman, the, uh, the two lads at Sunderland, Akpom Ak from um, Middlesbrough. There are players scoring and he is 11 million and I didn't captain him in this week. Vyman, I felt, was the better option. I got more faith in Vyman. So, what what do you think? Obviously, you've got Rid, so you don't have this decision. Yeah. Um, it, it was slightly easier for you, I think, I felt, uh, yes. than it was for me at the time. Yeah. Um, but what I'll do, obviously, I... I... <sighs> So partially deliberately, I kept this secret when we recorded the last pod. I had decided that I was selling Pookie. So obviously, I was happy to give everyone advice, but I wasn't sort of saying what I had done. Um, so in terms of my thinking, uh, there were probably three key reasons. Um, one of them was I really wanted Jeb Wallace, and selling Pookie was my best way to get there because I didn't want to sell Swift, and I didn't want to sell Chair. Um, and we'll come on to Chair, but it's very good that I didn't sell him. Um, the second was actually what you were saying about with captaincy. So even before selling him, I wasn't going to captain him and I wasn't sure about vice captaining him. And when you've got someone that you're allocating that much budget to, if you're like, I mean, a lot of the people that are captaining or vice captaining him now, I mean, I know that they were playing hold this week, but a lot of it, it's because, you know, they know everyone else is going to be captaining or vice-captaining him. Rather, like, I mean, some people will still genuinely believe, but I think a number of people will be captaining him because they feel like they have to. They've got Pookie, it's Norwich, it's it's Pookie, like, you're supposed to captain him almost. Like, And I was sat there thinking, well, I don't want to captain him, I don't particularly want to vice-captain him. It's a bit of a waste at that point. Yeah. Um, and... The third thing, like you said, is just I saw it as a, you know, I'd started off a, li a little bit further back. It wasn't panic stations, you know, it was two weeks out, 46 and everything. But I was like, I just need to do something a little bit different. Um, and I saw the opportunity to steer against with Pookie in terms of I was, you know, I knew there was a risk he was going to return. But I was like, I'm, I'm going to back my gut that this isn't. It, you know, it's not irredeemable. He won't keep on not returning. But I was like, I, c I can gain a bit of a march now. And obviously, you see the number of people who want to sell him now. Um, plus, I thought the trade-off was I was getting Wallace in. We've talked about Wallace with the bonus in terms of the greater floor on him. So um, I thought there was only so much I was going to miss out anyway. Um, but yeah, so that, that sort of, you know, if that helps anyone in terms of the, the viewpoint that I went at it with. Um, with your thoughts about whether or not to sell him. Um, I stand by what I said last time as well in terms of I think there's two different ways to look at it. You either sell him and decide you're completely moving on or you sell him and make sure you ha you know what your plan is to get back to him. Um, but like you say, you know, there's we've talked about Brereton Diaz and Grant who are slightly cheaper, who, who have got returns recently. You can go further down. People, some people don't own Vyman. Pookie down to Vyman. You've missed out on points, but I think that's still a good move at this point. 
you know, we've talked about, I mean, Obafemi's returned. I'm not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily be jumping onto him, but, you know, Stuart, he was the one that, that I was looking at for a while before I went for Adebayo. He's a good option as well. I wouldn't necessarily be advising people to go to Tuba Akbom, but, you know, he's got some returns. <laughs> um, but I think that's the thing is you're, you're getting more and more forwards popping up, picking up returns, teams that are better than we thought, that sort of thing where, I totally understand people sticking with Pookie, but the longer he goes without returning, the tougher it's going to be to sort of justify sticking with him in terms of what else you could do with that as well. Um, I don't blame people for sticking with him because I still think he's, you know, probably the best striker in the league and playing in one of the best teams in the league. And I don't think they're necessarily playing that badly. The, The results haven't been there, but I think, you know, if you look at, how they're doing that it's certainly picked up from game one through that. I think they are getting better. Um, and I think Dean Smith said in his interview afterwards, quite correctly that he'd be more concerned if it, if they hadn't been improving, if they'd sort of, you know, had two shots and it just wasn't working. Like, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's very tough on Pookie either way. Um, and I think I can speak from experience. I wasn't, scared not owning him this week but there is an an element of nerves and an element of almost feeling like you've got away with it if he doesn't return uh, that you're going to have to make your peace with if you are going to sell him um but also make sure you you bring in people who you are comfortable captaining that is the thing as well obviously you you are you're happy captaining Vyman or Wallace or yeah. a defender or yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because he's he he is going to score yeah. or or get a haul soon and it's, soon it will happen soon. Um, just depends what when it does. Yeah, and... you know if it happens this week, it's going to create chaos. If it doesn't happen for another three weeks, then it will be great for the people who still have him, and a lot of people won't have him. Uh, yeah. um, but we'll move on from that. I don't think we have too much else to d- discuss with those two what, teams. What about what about the whole striker quickly? Um, obviously, obviously, in the Por- Portuguese league, got fifteen goals. So he, yeah. I mean, I do, I, I think there are worse options. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm wary of overreacting, as I've said, to sort of, you know, individual games. But it, he looks decent. Looks a decent player, um, and he looks like he'll be in around in and around it. I mean, you know, he's got lucky with the first goal, but he's in and around the right areas. The second goal, following up after a, a shot, you know, again he's in the right areas. Um, the problem for me is, I think it's what is it, Burnley on West Brom next two. Yeah, um, that's that's the thing that sort of puts me off. But yeah, I think we mentioned. Just watching until game week six. Yeah, but I do think it looks like there's something about him, um, and so he could be he could be a good option for people, maybe slightly further down the line, but um, potentially a good option there. Um, in terms of, I guess the final thing to touch on is the defence uh, with Norwich or the other assets. Particularly, I say we'll, we'll say um, Aaron's and Rashidza. 
Um, I think I'm going to keep Aaron's. They've yeah. done all right with the XG. Yeah. Bar, um, bar in this game, but with we, the chances they've contributed to that as yeah. well. So, uh, yeah, I've got Aaron's this week. I'm not worried about it. Um, Rashika, not sure. I think I'd get rid. Yeah, I think there's more and more midfield options putting their hands up where I think... I like Nunez better than him. Yeah, Nunez is is one I've I've potentially got my eye on, even going away from Puki, where it's, again, it's having the 11 million Norwich attacking asset versus the 7.5 Norwich attacking asset. It's it's a very different thing there as well. Yeah. Um, Move on to our next game. Um, hopefully that helps people on Pookie. Um, we've got Millwall 3, Coventry 2. Uh, Dan, talk to us about this one. Uh, yeah, so uh, line-up, uh, Honeyman was back in after his suspension. And uh, for Coventry, Dabo started at right wing back. Um, Coventry started the game well, went 2-0 up. Um, McFadden scored. Um Assist Godden, Godden flicked it on at the near post for McFadden. Uh, Godden scored from a bidwell from a cross. Um, and then Cooper scored. Um, Malone assist, uh, although this was a mistake by Moore. He's come miles out. So that's two mistakes in, well, they've only had two game weeks. He made the mistake against Sunderland. So there was some debate about whether Wilson was going to come in at the start of the season. It it wouldn't surprise me if he's in the next game, to be honest. Um, Honeyman then scored. Uh, It was a rebound from a save. He followed up. Um, And then Savile scored from an Afobe assist. Afobe passed it about two yards to him. And then he scored... Uh, Hamer got sent off, so he's one of the trilogy that loves to get booked, him uh, along with Crooks and um, Field. Uh, Panzo did hit the bar. So, yeah, it was interesting because um, in game week one, we had the the whole Victor versus Godden, where Godden missed two big chances, and now he's he's got a, a very nice return. So if you, if you did um, keep him and you didn't bench him like Jamie... Uh, you got his points. Um, but yeah, just, just a really weird game. For commentary to blow this leads very un- unlike them. Um, I don't know what you think about them. Obviously, they've got the disaster with the pitch at the minute and the fixtures need rearranging and everything. So you're probably best to go in on that, Angus. Yeah, so obviously it's been a topic of lots of conversation. I won't go... I won't do the full thing, the full sort of, you know, blow for blow, full debate that has been ongoing. Um, but basically, as we explained last time, Coventry don't own their stadium. Um, the Wasps rugby team do. And there's been a further investigation of the pitch uh, by independent like um, assessors. And the game in midweek, they've said can't go ahead. The pitch is still unsafe, which after seeing it before their game week two game was postponed, I'm not surprised. It's it's not safe. Um, one of the avenues they did pursue for that was to reverse the fixture, to play the game um, away at Wigan. 
um, but there's something happening at Wigan that night, so they couldn't do it. So that's been postponed. Um, it's worth bearing in mind for their next home game against Huddersfield. Um, that's a that's a very real possibility um, if they can get that worked out in terms of uh, reversing it to being an away game instead. Um, but you know it's it's tough at the moment because you know they're they've been trying to work with the stadium owners they've been trying to put public pressure on the stadium owners they've involved the EFL throughout the process it's unfair on the other teams it's also unfair on Coventry you know they're trying they want to play these games they're not sort of avoiding it or anything they're not trying to manipulate anything uh, this is going to come to a head at some point um, but it's difficult to know and that's part of the problem when we're talking about Coventry assets about what do you do you know someone like Gordon you know people looking to downgrade at striker he'd be a good option you've got this fixture uncertainty that creates the issue there um, so it's still kind of a wait and see um, we might get something early this week before the deadline it might be something later in the week, um, which unfortunately for people who are trying to decide what to do with commentary assets doesn't really help you. Um, but we don't really know at the moment. They're already in conversations about what to do with the Huddersfield game. So hopefully that means we might get an earlier answer. Um, but it's sort of a stay tuned on that. We'll we'll tweet out anything that does come out. and um, But yeah, that's all we can offer on the situation at this point. It's... Uh, it's unfortunate for everyone, really. Um, yeah, because I'm in the position where I've got Victor, and um, I know he's missing game week four. But if I find out they're missing game week five, he's a sell. So it, it, yeah. it's one of those difficult decisions. There is also, um, I. There is a chance, I'm not sure how much the chance it is, that the rearranged game could go into game week five, the Wigan game anyway, because they're both out of the cup. They'll probably have to agree that it'll be the reverse fixture, but we know that the EFL want the games played. They don't want to backlog with the, with the World Cup and everything, so it will be interesting to see if they try and reverse it and put it in there, because they can do it. Yeah. It's just probably whether Wigan can do it. Um, but yeah, asset-wise, obviously you're staying away from Coventry at the minute. Um, for Millwall, obviously got Honeyman doing well, Malone. Yeah, I mean, obviously the frustration for me with the sort of moves I made was I've talked about how I was considering sort of Stuart and went with um, Adebayo. I was very much considering Malone and I went with Max Aarons instead, which I don't necessarily regret. I think that's that's still a good player to have. But, you know, Scott Malone has returned again. I've talked over and over about the Millwall assets will go underappreciated. They'll sort of, you know, get you points, particularly the likes of Malone. And he's done it again, even in a game where they've conceded two goals. And I think that shows the value of someone like him. We talk about with some of these wingbacks, he's another one. Yeah. Um, Honeyman, like you say, came back into the team, obviously had a big impact straight away. Um, those are the main two I think you'd be looking at at the moment. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think they're viable. I mean, it's not necessarily the easiest run for 
Millwall at the moment. But I do think those two are, are viable options to go with even at this point. So, um, so yeah, I'd be looking at them. Uh, like you say, on the commentary side for the moment, it's an avoid until we have more clarity on the situation. Um, and then it's weird because I don't know what to advise people on selling. It depends. It depends how much you can cover because I think if you can get away with not selling ahead of the mid ahead of the midweek uh, game week four, I think you know we'll then get if we don't have an answer by then we will get an answer before game week five, and that should give us an indication of what's going to happen going forward as well at least in the yeah. short term. Um, so if you can hold through game week four, um, that might be a good option. But I also can't blame anyone who's like, I'll get rid of the problem now and I'll sort of come back to it later if I want to get these guys back. Um, It just depends on the structure of your team really at this point. Um, We'll move on to our next game, uh, which is Sunderland 2, QPR 2. Um, A couple of headlines from this one, so to speak. Uh, yeah. But Dan, kick us off on this one. So Sunderland were uh, unchanged. Uh, QPR, Willock, Powell, Amos were out. Um, Sunderland went 2 0 up. Stewart again uh, scoring a rebound shot. And Sims got the second and slotted it well in the corner. Um, we had. Chair scoring a great direct free kick. And then last, well, near enough last minute, Dian comes up for a corner and uh, they clear it, but he stays up and then he's there and flicks it on. Um, that's another assist by Chair. Um, there was still chance down the other end. Sunderland had a double chance. Uh, Stuart and Embleton, two great saves from Dieng. Um couple of things I didn't notice for Sunderland because I know they're getting more popular. Uh, I own Pritchard and in the highlights, he was involved in both of the goals. Um, so on a, he's not too far away from the action, so it, it's not a problem. Um, Sims did go on off on the 60 minutes. So I think we did mention that we, we felt that Stewart is the main man. And if they ever want to play one up front or make a sub to go five in midfield like we saw or be a bit more defensive. Sims is the one that's going to get taken off. Um, you must be happy, Angus. Kept faith with chair and he's scored yeah. an assist this week. Yeah, so obviously the downside for me, as I said, is I, I was all set to go with Ross Stewart as my striker replacement and I didn't. Uh, so that was the frustration for me. But, you know, I think I... I'm potentially still nicely set up with Adebayo. Um, but yeah, chair, obviously it's great. I mean, really good free kick, which we know he's capable of. It's something we've seen for, for years now with him. And yeah, uh, yeah perfect cross for Senhi Ting, And that was some header. Some header yeah, for anyone. Header. When you factor in that he's a keeper as well, <laughs> um, it's something else. But yeah, chair with a you know, 15-pointer. Um, That's nice. And that's that's sort of, you know, one of the big things for me this week where people are sort of like, you know, talking about their scores in the 40s, 50s, 60s. You know, one of those things that took me slightly over the top there is that I still had, I had chair and his 15 points. 
yeah, it was similar to me last week with the Pritchard. Yeah. You get one of those players that do that, and then you're you got above average game week. Yeah, and uh, you know this sort of thing, not literally this, but this sort of thing was, you know, what I thought he was capable of, even against a team like Sunderland. You know, which they're not. You don't necessarily look at them as so susceptible to set pieces, but as it turns out, you know, that it's a free kick and a ball into the box. That's, that's done it for them. Sunderland are giving up a lot of big chances, though. Yeah. They they are attacking, so they, they look like they're going to be fun. They're going to be nowhere near the bottom. They're going to be scoring and conceding goals. So if if you, like, I don't blame anyone. I've got Pritchard. Stewart would be yeah. high up on the list, similar to what he was with you. Um, but the other end. If if I've got a team playing Sunderland, I'm happy yeah. because I think they can they can score. Like I've got NDI this week, and if he, I'm happy to play him if he, if he starts. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's the thing with them. I think you know, like you say, Stewart or even Sims. I think both decent options. I'd, I'd edge Stewart. I think he's more nailed. If they tweak at any point to go one up top, it'll be Stewart. Stewart has yeah. pens, which is another boost in his favour. But Sims, if you if you need to make that saving for whatever reason, I think he's perfectly viable as well. Um, Pritchard, like you say, even someone like Clark seems to play whether they go with a back three or a back four. He he will, you know, he's likely to play. So I think, yeah. um, you know, they've got some good options. I wouldn't necessarily be rushing to get their defenders, but uh, the attacking options I think are good from a QPR point of view. Um, Dieng will obviously get the headlines here. Um, he showed his shot stopping ability as well, which I think is the main thing, even with that double save after the goal. Um, because you know, the goal doesn't matter if you then concede at the other end, but um, I think he's still a decent option. Um, at five, uh, you know, you're not going to get goal points, but I think you know, he's still a decent option. Um, chair obviously. I don't hate Dykes as an option up front. I think I he doesn't know, score yes. enough for me. I don't think that's that's the one drawback. I think he will play the majority of the games, but I don't think there's enough goals there, which pains me to say as someone who does who does love Lyndon Dykes. Um, and Willock, it's it's a wait and see. I think once he's back properly fit, he'll be a very good option. We know what he's capable of. Um, and I think field again, perfectly fine sort of, you know, cheap midfielder. You're not necessarily going to want yeah. to start him, but he'll play. And at at four point five, that that's what you're looking for, really. That safety blanket almost. Um, just to clarify for people on Willock, um, Beal said that he played him in the opener, which was ahead of schedule because he wanted to give the fans and the players a boost, which it obviously did in terms of the, the first home game, um, but that it might be another sort of week, week and a half. You know, at that point, that was for the weekend just gone. Um, it sounded like it might be another one or two games. He might play, but it also might be another one or two games before he's actually back in the team. Um, so that's one to sort of potentially wait on there. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the team with uh, decent options and everything... Um, But we'll move on to the next game and we will talk about Huddersfield 3, Stoke 1. So Dan, kick us off there. 
Yes, so um, a couple of lineup chains. Uh, Kessler, who's just come in, highly rated uh, right wing back from Villa. Um, and Nakiyama uh, came in as well. Uh, Russell, the centre mid, and Edmonds Green in play. For Stokes, Barrow came in for Clark. Um, Nakiyama scored uh, assist Thomas. It's a corner. Um, massive. They done well with set piece last year, and they're often running with set piece this year. Uh, Baker did score a long range strike to make it back to one one, and then um, Ward uh, scored assist Holmes. Uh, just p- picked up the loose ball and squared it, and then right at the end, Rhodes scored uh, Holmes assist. And basically couldn't miss open goal. Um, should also mention Baker did miss a penalty uh, saved by Nichols. Because um, I know a few people have Baker. Uh, obviously, they got the goal. So it could have been like a really big score if he got two goals. Um, you know, I, I don't know with Huddersfield. Because they were absolutely terrible the first two games. Then they've gone and beat Stoke. Um, I think they're still a wait and see at the minute. Um, and with Stoke, I've got time and I think he's got one point, then got like 16 and then back down to one point. So not great consistency, but they don't look like they're going to keep too many clean sheets, Stoke. So it will just be purely on attack and return. So it's not... He's not going yet, but he's one that's close to debating whether I keep or get rid, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think on Huddersfield, the main one I'm watching is Sorba Thomas, obviously, with the return again. And uh, you know, particularly if they're going to have set-piece joy, that's obviously a, a check in the box for him. Yeah. Um, Stoke, I don't have anyone. I'm not particularly looking at anyone. Um, yeah. Like you say, Timon, I know, is quite... Highly owned. Um, it could. He's one where I wouldn't be rushing to sell, but I understand with the defensive options if people are looking to sell, um, potentially to shift things around. Um, and Lewis Baker, I think, is a perfectly fine option at six point five. Um, he's a slightly yeah. awkward one at his price to move without making a significant move either way. Um, but I do think he's still a perfectly viable option, particularly because 6.5 mid, you're you're you, you're investing slightly less at that point. So, um, and he's still on everything, so um, that helps in that regard. Um, but we'll move on to one that uh, we want to talk about for multiple reasons, <laughs> uh, which is Rotherham four, Reading nil. Um, Dan, talk to us about this one. So Rotherham were unchanged from game week one. Uh, Reading Loon came in for Ajari and they played Hendrick on the wing, which is not where he should be playing. Um, and I, I just don't know what happened. I, I had my phone. I, I didn't check the scores until like halfway through the first half and it was 3-0 Rotherham. I was like, what, what's going on here? But it's just a calamity, weren't it? Joe Lumley. Um, Joe Lumley. Um, so they started well. Wood scored, assist Wiles. Um, and then 
Washington. Um, just just a long ball over the top by Barlas. This was a theme. Yeah. Just hoofing it long, and they were getting done over the top in behind, and Washington from a a tight angle. Lumley got beat near post. It's not the worst mistake he's going to make. Um, and then it was 3-0, Lindsay goal assist Barlas are just one of those where it's just gone straight through Lumley. He's rolled across the floor straight underneath him. And then um, the fourth is basically just a long ball over the top again. And Obene, who's become a bit of the hype, hype train, clean yeah. through on goal and scores another goal. So oh, they're a mess and they read in, to be honest. It, surely he's, Lumley's got to get dropped. You called it Angus through pre-season. Could be happening. Yeah. So th- this was my thought. I mean, in fairness to him, the one thing I will say, the second goal, I think Washington does quite well in that. I think he goes almost directly over his shoulder, which is then really hard for a goalkeeper to actually get his arm up, and he he proper lashes it as well. Um, you know, it's it's not a great look for Lumley, but I think Washington makes him look worse with the actually quite a good finish from the angle. The third one, it's not the first time we've seen Joe Lumley have a cock. It won't up. be the last. It won't be the last, and. Yeah, this this was my theory all along that Joe Lumley, we know what he is. He's average at best. Um and that meant that and it might not happen right away, you know, Paul Lintz might not be like the first sign of trouble I'm gonna change it. But what it does mean is and it was my thought all along, is you might have to wait, but this is why I thought Buzanis had a good chance of becoming the playing four point zero. That it might take, you know, even now it might take till game week six, seven, but that it felt almost inevitable that Joe Lumley, because of the player he is, this was going to happen. And uh, yeah, the third goal made me laugh. Um, I, I know it didn't make Reading fans laugh, and I feel bad for them. But you know, it's like you said, it's a team getting routinely beat by just long balls over the top for players to run in behind and then you've got a goalkeeper doing that even when you stop them just getting in with a long ball so yeah it's a bit of a disaster and that was 4-0 at half time uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Ogbené obviously the Ogbené train um, Aaron uh, Palace is the driver of the Ogbené train <laughs> I think he was the first one to actually go on to Ogbené um, or good. one of the first it's ones good to option. move on to him. Good option, I yeah. think. Um, and yeah, I... Uh, what I... about Barlas? That's just a free, isn't he? He's got three assists. Yeah, I mean, he did well for attacking returns last week, but last year, sorry, last season, he, he mm. I think he had double digits in goals and assists. But uh, if not, it was close. But that's a, you're certainly not going to get anything close to that regularly unless teams decide to just play the same and let, let Rotherham pump long balls in behind them. Um, so with, with the old Bene option, he, he sort of takes away the appeal of Barlasa, really, yeah. doesn't he, I think? Yeah. Um, Bene's the main one. He's the one you're really going to. Um, Reading. I still don't think Tom Ince is a bad option. 
despite the fact this game was a disaster. Um, but I wouldn't be going to anyone else. I think I've seen a number of people looking at selling Buzanis, particularly after this weekend. I would not be making that move. Um, I think I think the thing people need to un- needed to understand from the outset with Buzanis is it might have taken six, seven, eight to- game weeks, but this really felt like an inevitability with Joe Lumley. So uh, yeah, just have a little bit of patience with it, and uh, it will probably work out for you. But yeah, I just really wanted to enjoy talking about um, Joe Lumley having a bit of a mare. And, uh, you know, the Ogbeni train rolls on. And obviously this is big for Rotherham that there's sort of any points you can pick up, particularly against potential yeah. relegation rivals, um, is is a massive result. So uh, that's the other side of it. Uh, but we'll move on. Uh, the next thing we've got is Wigan 1, Bristol City 1. Uh, Dan, talk to us about this one. Yeah, I'm not sure there's too much really apart from the main man. Um, I'll, I'll go through the key... Till uh, didn't start, what more was brought in? I know he's the plain 4.0 option. I brought him in, so it's not ideal. He's he's not playing. He's now got the week off, uh, game week four off because um, because of Coventry. Um, Bristol City, was Conway started instead of Masengo, which is interesting because highly rated youngster coming through. Uh, Goal, Vyman, assist, Conway. Just just doesn't miss these now, does he, Vyman? He's just scoring them all the time. Um, we can do equalise with Keane. So that's another attacking return for Keane. Uh, McNennis uh, assist. Um, but I did want to mention Conway. I know, I know it's a bit of a risk, but he did look very very lively when he during this game and um, Scott obviously moved a bit deeper and they, they've still got Sykes at, at right wing back over Wilson so yeah I'm not saying he's an option but just wanted to mention he was lively Yeah I mean I think the, the worry with him would be uh, Semenyo is getting closer um, yeah. to a return and so Conway obviously would miss out likely in that case. So, um, but you know, it's it's something to watch out for and see what they do with those players. Um, like you say, Byman is still the main man. Uh, manages to find himself in space in all these situations, even in congested areas. Somehow, Andy Byman is there in some space. So, uh, um, yeah, I think he's still a good option. He's still the main one. Um, if anyone's still on Kane Wilson, I'd be concerned about that one now. I'd be moving it on. Um, yeah. On the Wigan side, if you have Amos, you're potentially wanting to move that on if your other keeper is Buzanis at this point, because it might not be straight away that Buzanis comes in. And obviously with Wigan blanking this week. Um, Tilt remains to be seen because he'd started the first two and then dropped out, so um, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily be rushing to get rid if you've gone that way, but um, it's one to keep an eye on. And, uh, yeah, McLean, still a good option. Will Keane, maybe, but obviously they don't have a game this week, so you wouldn't be going there anyway. Yeah. But um, he's potentially one to keep an eye on. Um, but we'll move on to our next game. We'll sort of get through the, the last three now. The next one we have is uh, Cardiff 1, Birmingham 0. Uh, Dan, what do you have on this one? I thought Cardiff were excellent in this game. Um, 
in the first two games, they were the lowest um, XG scorers, but they um, turned up here. Um, main news was uh, Bedace came in and NG. Um, for Birmingham, youngster Chang came in to partner James Woods looks like he's signing for Hull, so he wasn't around, which is another experienced player going. Whether you rate him or not, he's got to be better than having a young two youngsters playing centre mid. Um, but yeah, Cardiff are really good. Uh, I only saw, the, I've seen all the highlights, but I only watched the first half because I I went to the Lewin game. Um, but they scored great, great assist by Dowder. Got in a couple of times down the right. Um, and then what has missed a massive chance to make this 2-0 uh, one-on-one um, could could there have been an option for a pen on Hogan I think it was a pen to be honest uh, Adalda had one later on so um, I know last week we said there were better options than Adalda but if they get start to click he and if he stays fit he is five million so could be a good option but yeah um I'm not rushing to any any players from these sides to be honest. No, I think um Adalda and uh Philogene Bedas are the ones to uh to keep an eye on I think from Cardiff and from the Birmingham side the main one is probably our old friend Colan. Um if they yeah. continue to be relatively solid defensively at 4.5, um, playing wing back as well, he could uh, he he could be a potential option, particularly as just a cheap defender that will tick over. Um, but we'll move on to our next game, which was Blackpool nil Swansea one, and uh, at least one of the Swansea forwards finally got a return. Uh, but yeah. Dan talks about this one. Yeah, so um, Medin didn't start. Corbano did. Uh, for Swansea, Sorinola was back in the side. Um, looked like he was playing out of position a bit further forward. Patterson was not in the squad. So if you got Patterson, it's probably looking like a sell at the minute. Um, the goal was by Nitchum, assist of a Femi. It was a great, great count. A very unselfish to square it for Nitchum. Could have shot himself. Uh, Yates missed a pen. Great save by Fisher. Um, a lot of people had Fisher. That that was a massive point score. Um, but yeah, two sides I'm not really interested in now. Um, probably, I don't know. You've got Obafemi, Angus. Are you keeping him now? He's got his return. Um, I'd only keep him sort of by default. I don't want to keep him. I had identified it as like get through these three weeks and then potentially move him yeah. on. Um, he might last one more week. That's the most he'll last for me. Um, it's yeah. not to say that I won't go back to them at any point, but for now, it's just a move on. Um, Fisher is the other one I've got. I'm not worried about moving him. I, you know, I don't want to mess around too much with goalkeepers, um, yeah, but I I've think he's he's still perfectly fine to have. But um, if Obafemi stays for me this week, it will only be either because I decide to roll or because I want to fix something else more than sort of get rid of him. Um, yeah, Blackpool-wise, nothing really. Um, 
know, they're still struggling. They're bringing a number of players in, but if they're going to be any better, they're going to have to gel together quickly. Yeah. Um, and the last game, um, you mentioned it a couple of times you were there, is uh, Luton nil, Preston 1. Uh, so yeah. I'm not sure how much you want to say about this one, but... Uh... Well, it was... Uh, I'll go with line-up. Um, Burke and Morris came in for Osho and Cornick. Cornick got injured in training. Um, Jones being Jones hasn't said how long for, so <laughs> could be anyone. Um, Preston, they they went really defensive here. Um, towards the end of last season, That we hammered them 4-0, and I think they were paid us a lot of respect. They brought in another couple of midfielders in McCann and Ledson and they dropped Reese and Johnson, probably their two two better players, and uh, just played Parrot up front. Uh, it was a really even game and until Preston scored their their goal, great cross by Brady and an even better finish by Potts. Um and it it was basically all us for the rest of the game. Just couldn't get too many great chances. Um, probably should have been a draw, but didn't take our chance. We're not clicking up front. I think it's because teams are sitting more back, but we're, we're finding it a lot harder to break them down. Saying that, though, we probably should have five points. We should have beat Birmingham and we shouldn't have lost at Preston. So I'm not overly worried. And it'll be interesting to see the Bristol City game because Bristol City are conceding to anyone. So if we, if we struggled to score against them, then I'm starting worrying. But yeah, two players in this match, Brady and Bree, they're getting close to near enough must just from the bonus they're scoring. Ridiculous. Bree lost and still picked up free bonus in this match. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked, you know, so many times about Bree and bonus, particularly in low scoring games, and it happened again. Um, yeah. Brady, we know his ability with him. It's more about the the injury concerns. You know, he's always, you know, one run, one stretch, one kick away from a, yeah. an, another injury. Um, but yeah, and on the you know he's put in a great delivery for the goal. We know he's capable of that. And uh, Potts coming up with something I didn't know he was capable of, but. Uh, that's another thing, um, just to make the two goals we've conceded have been Brownhill, who was the worldie, and then that acrobatic kick, which I don't even know how he got his leg up that no. high, to be fair. So um, we're not doing bad defensively. It's Like I said, it's low-margin games. It's going to change eventually, I think. Yeah, I just mean, I, I, I almost pulled something watching Potts get up yeah. that high in the air. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you know... If if you know, I felt like I needed to stretch muscles out like watching him. So uh, fair play to him there. But uh, we will uh, we'll move on. That's all the games, and we'll talk about the questions that the guys have sent us. Um, and the first one we have from Ski House seventy eight is a uh, it's a Luton question. Yeah. Uh, so he said probably one for Dan. Have Luton regressed, especially offensively? Personally, holding Adebayo versus Bristol City. That's probably a good acid test of how good or bad your attack is, but likely getting rid after that unless we see a change. Sound reasonable? Yeah, I, it's been hard because I think because we had that a, a style teams 
came to us and viewed us as they could beat us, so they would attack us. But what we've seen, especially in the two home games, Birmingham and Preston, they've, they've basically just defended. Um, Birmingham were just playing for set pieces and never really looked like scoring. And Preston, the goal they scored, there was literally their first attack and then they pretty much just tried to hit us on the counter, time-wasting, They, which is fine. That's what every team does. But teams are just not coming and attacking us and we're struggling to break them down. But we're also trying to get Woodrow... He's trying to find the right blends up front. So, like, Woodrow, um, Preem and Morris. So, uh, we've had a Bayo. Uh, also got to remember, he was injured at the end of last season. So, I'm not quite sure how fit he, he is. But he, he had a few shots uh, in the other game. But like you said, Bristol City is the test. Yeah. If we struggle to score against Bristol City, then I'll get worried and sell your players. Apart yeah. from Bree. Got to keep him forever. Um, the next question we've got is from Auto Reclose, Darren. He said, uh, Pookie is ready for the bin. Best 7 million or less forwards to bring to replace him? I think it's probably Stuart at this point. Yeah. Like, the fixtures aren't great, but I just think they're just going to attack. Yeah. Um, it might be similar to Bristol City last year, where they just attack. He's going to be on set piece uh, on pens. Uh, Gordon's a shout. I know we've got the mess with what's going on, but I think he's a good option as well. I don't know if you've got any more, Angus. Um, so in the same sort of spirit as Stuart Sims, depending on how much money yeah. you want to save, what you want to do with it elsewhere, he might be viable. Um, I know, like he hasn't done much. But I know he's been doing well for bonus and everything. I can do it personally, but Troy Parrott is the other one. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, he was. I saw him, and he he was basically left up on his own. <laughs> it's hard to judge him, but I, I think he would work well. I can see why he's been getting a lot of chances if him and Reese play up front yeah. together. So uh, they got Rob Rob from at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, he could be an option. Um, as another one potentially in those in those cheap forwards, um, I wouldn't go with Tuba Akpom as much as I joke about it. Um, you know, it, it's not far away from being replaced in any at any given moment. Um, yeah. Next question we've got we've got two from Shebed a bit a bit. The first one is it needs a six point five or below striker, preferably who plays away in six, thinking parrots at the moment. Well, we we literally just covered that. Yeah. Um, and the other one is if you had to pick two of Wallace, Swift, or Brereton, who would you pick with away days in six? Um Brereton doesn't have away days in six, so well, that answers that question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know you could theoretically pick him for two games and then yeah. sell him, but like, you know, he's got Reading this week. This week, sure, great. Then they play Sheffield United away. Well, we've talked about Sheffield United's home record defensively, and then he doesn't have an away game in six. So from that point of view, yeah, I guess we're saying uh, Wallace and Swift. Yeah. 
Um, that was nice and easy. It's even easier than I thought. Uh, Ron Mukherjee has asked us, he has Aaron's Pookie and Rashitsa. Who does he get rid of first? He goes, how are Norwich so bad? They are the Man United of the Championship. I disagree. Norwich have actually been all right. They just haven't yeah. converted their chances in the way you would expect them to. And no one is pointing and laughing at Norwich. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so there's that too. But uh, in terms of which one would you sell first of Aaron's, Puki and Rashitsa? I think based on what Rashica. we said before, you'd say Rashitsa? Yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've talked about selling Puki and everything, but I think as uh, if you were only selling one, I agree. I think Rashitsa would be the first one that I would look to, to move on from. Um, Carsty has asked us, what are you do? What are you doing with Piero, Puki, etc.? <laughs> so, uh, so I've already sold Puki. I don't own Piero, but I do own Obafemi. And if I don't sell him this week, I'll sell him in game week five. Um, what about you, Dan? Um, well, I don't have Piero, but I'd be getting rid. Yeah. Um, Puki's the main one. Um, it, it, it probably depends on um, Victor. If Victor's out for two game weeks, I might take a minus eight and get eventful. Um, but it's weird because he is starting to have shots. Yeah. So it's only a matter of time before it starts clicking, but I don't know. I honestly haven't decided yet. It's, like I said, this week is it's gone from being pretty easy decisions for me to, <laughs> oh, no, I've got to make a decision now. Yeah. Um, next question we'll just sit in there. anti-teach mode. He said, yeah. do we give up on Victor now? These match postponements and the O'Hare injury seem to have ruined him as a prospect. Um, so I think, as we've said, we've covered quite a lot. Um, if you can get away with holding him this week, if we don't get an announcement, then I probably would. But it might be a case of just moving off and coming back to him you know, sort of yeah. when there's greater clarity on the situation. Um, and then we've got a question from Tiago FPL who said what happened to Ajaria um, Ajaria got injured uh, <laughs> he's out I think three to four weeks um, I will say guys um, it's not a requirement for everyone but if you go to my pinned tweet my uh, injury spreadsheet is there um, I know people wait for sort of me to tweet the headlines out before each deadline, but there is the spreadsheet there and there is an extra sheet on there that gives, I mean, the first sheet gives sort of as where possible some injury details in terms of what the injury is um, and, you know, a rough expected return. Um, but the second sheet also gives some more details. So like in this case, it, I did get, I was able to give the timeline on some of the people like Ajaria. Um, so it might be worth checking out for some people. Um, it's not a requirement, but just a steer there to potentially answer some of these questions. Um, and the last question I have here is from FPL Quick Brown Foxes, who said, is Piero going to do anything this season, or shall I just get Vyman in? Um, the answer is get Vyman in, isn't it? I think so. Although I, I am looking forward to Luton to spoil the party this yeah. week. 
on game week four. Yeah, and I mean, I do think it's worth saying that at some point, Hero will <laughs> will come good. You know, there's there, you know, he's a good player. He he will come good. Um, but yeah, that's all the questions we've had. Thank you for sending those in. Um, in terms of the upcoming content plan, uh, obviously we've got a midweek game week, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday? Yeah, um, Tuesday and Wednesday. And so most likely rather than doing a another podcast, um, some of it becomes a bit awkward for us to coordinate and turn around and everything. Uh, we might well do a spaces on Thursday night instead. Um, we will put something out to confirm whether that's the case. Um, but at the moment, that's our plan is to do is to do a spaces on Thursday evening, um, where obviously you're welcome to come on, ask your questions, um, that sort of thing. You know, a lot of the advice we've given out tonight won't necessarily change that much from. Uh, Game week four to game week five, other than potentially the Coventry you, thing, if we get any news. But you say that Angus, but it's changing weekly. I feel. Yeah, <laughs> feel but that's like. the thing where how much is going to change, like from in three days in terms of like, um, yeah, you know, there might be odd injury, in which case, you know, come on the spaces and ask us what the hell to do when uh, your player gets injured. Um, but otherwise, yeah, we will then be back sort of next week with a with a game week review. But um, we will confirm sort of the spaces um, at some point this week. Um, but that's that's what I think we'll do. Um, so apart from that, it's just uh, goodbye, and we'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>